What is up, guys? It is Quinn here, back with another video. Got a lot going on behind the scenes here. As you guys can see, different setup going on. Just moved down to Tampa, Florida. So I'm in a new apartment, have boxes all over the place. This is the setup we have for now. It'll improve over the next few days, but I'm still trying to get out a video every single day. Also, not sure if you guys can tell, pretty under the weather right now. Throat's killing me, but we're powering through. We're gonna put out a video every single day. And then also, hopefully you guys cannot hear the rain. It is pouring outside. Not sure if that's gonna come through on the audio, but a ton of going on here. We're still putting out content. And today I'm gonna to be talking about six must draft rookie players. As you guys know, over the last few years, rookie, you know, running backs, wide receivers, typically those two positions, those can be league winning players. They may not ball out early on in the year, but these are players that can really come on strong down the stretch and win you your fantasy football leagues. So we're gonna be jumping into six players. Let's start it off at the running back position with Brees Hall. Right now, he is being drafted as the running back 21 at the 4-5 turn. In my opinion, this is just way too late for Brees Hall. Brees Hall is the clear top running back you know, in this class. Obviously, you had Kenneth Walker picked closely after him, but in terms of like situation, fit, year one setup, Brees Hall is going to be the guy. We've seen rookie running backs consistently finish as running back ones you know, over the last 10 years. I think Brees Hall has the opportunity to do that this year. This dude was a stud in college. Over his last two collegiate seasons, he went for 3,526 scrimmage yards and scored 46 total touchdowns. I've seen this thing where it's like, oh, Michael Carter's going to be the third down back. This is going to be a full-on committee. I'm going to be honest. This could be a committee. It's totally in the realm of possibility, but the idea that Michael Carter is some sort of stud running back and is going to hold off Brees Hall, the only reason this will be a committee is if the Jets want it to be a committee. This is not going to be a committee because Michael Carter is outperforming Brees Hall. And then to the point where Michael Carter is this top receiving back, you know, Michael Carter was solid in the receiving game last season. He had some decent production, but if we really look closely at it, 42% of Michael Carter's targets came in two games with Mike White. So a lot of this receiving production is coming from two outlier performances where you have like the second, third, fourth string quarterback just kind of force feeding the running backs balls on dump offs. So that's where a lot of the production came from for Michael Carter. Brees Hall is no slouch in the receiving department, caught 46 passes last season. So the way I'm looking at it, Jets draft Michael Carter. Michael Carter is solid, but not great. They spend high draft capital to bring in Brees Hall. I think he has a great shot to be the workhorse. May not be the workhorse from day one, but week six, week seven, I could really see Brees Hall take over and start dominating for fantasy football. We're going to stay at the running back position and go over to Damian Pierce for the next player. He's being drafted as the running back 40, 9th, 10th round. I imagine this price is going to continue to rise basically up until the start of the NFL season because potentially Damian Pierce has already locked up the running back one slot for the Texans. I'll get into that a little bit later. Let's just start off by talking about the competition that Damian Pierce has. He's someone I've had my eye on for a while. Basically, you know, since he was drafted to the Texans, typically you're not seeing like day three picks be studs in fantasy football, especially in year one. But for Damian Pierce, he just goes into a situation where the running back room was wide open. You've got guys like Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, basically just a bunch of journeymen running back at this point, and then Dare Ongombawale. So this is a pretty decent, you know, crop of guys to be going up against if you want the starting job, right? Like if Damian Pierce is even a decent player, he should be beating out a lot of these players. The reports so far have been that Damian Pierce has been super impressive throughout training camp. He looked really, really strong in their first preseason game. And then I think like the most interesting part of this whole thing is the uh, Texans played in their second preseason game day or two ago. 
and they saw Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman, and Dare. All four of those dudes played. They all got a decent amount of opportunities. Some of them played a lot. Damian Pierce was the only one of those top running backs who did not play in that game. Now, you may say, like, hmm, you know, Texans were playing some of their starters. Maybe Damian Pierce isn't the guy. But they played everyone. If Damian Pierce had not locked up that number one spot, it makes no sense for him not to be playing. They asked Lovey Smith after the game why he didn't play, and Lovey Smith said he just didn't need to see him play. In my opinion, that means, you know, Lovey Smith's out there looking at Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead, Royce Freeman. Who's going to be the two? Who's going to be the three? Because he probably already has a pretty good idea that Damian Pierce is going to be that number one option. Even though the Texans aren't going to be a good offense, they're likely not going to be super efficient. We saw last year, they were a team who would give a lot of volume to the number one, whether it was Mark Ingram or Rex Burkhead. These guys were getting upwards of 20 touches in certain games. So if Damian Pierce can take over that workload, he is going to be a valuable asset for fantasy football. And then moving over to the third and final rookie running back. I've been talking about this guy a lot. All offseason, it is Isaiah Spiller. He's being drafted as the running back 47, an 11th, 12th round pick. I just think he has a great shot to be one of the most valuable handcuffs in fantasy football. Right now, it seems like he is set up to be the running back two behind Austin Eckler. And in terms of handcuff positions, like this has got to be one of the best ones. Just starting it off here, you're on an elite offense, Justin Herbert's at quarterback, super strong offensive line. So just in terms of like being the starter on this team, Obviously, Eckler's a stud. He has a great situation around him. That's why he's being valued as one of the best fantasy football running backs. So if Eckler goes down and Spiller's that number two, he can step into that role and ball out. And I have confidence that he can do that based on his college production. He's a dude who has a three-down skill set, really solid size, in all three of his college seasons, rushed for at least 900 yards and caught at least 20 passes. So he's a guy who's had that three-down workload, you know, all throughout his collegiate career. He hasn't just been developing it. You know, he doesn't have a ton of red flags in terms of his profile. He's someone who I think can step in and get it done. So I don't think Isaiah Spiller is going to be this guy where he's going to be giving you startable production, throw him in your flex early on in the season. He's probably not because Austin Eckler is that guy. But with an injury, I think Spiller is one of the handcuffs that you guys should be targeting in drafts. Now moving over to some rookie wide receivers. We're going to start it off here with Drake London. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 39 in eighth, ninth pick. He is my top rookie wide receiver. Just like the running back position over the last few years, we've seen some rookie wide receivers really ball out. They may not be elite from, you know, week one, but by the time you get to week six, week seven, week eight, there are guys who can just start tearing it up. Obviously, we have the elite options like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Thunder's going crazy behind me. Still not sure if you guys can hear it but it is wild out there. So you have the elite guys like Jefferson, Jamar Chase, right, who can finish as wide receiver ones in year one. I don't want to throw Drake London in there because that's like elite of the elite. That is extreme. But you have other options. Like just looking back at last year, Elijah Moore started off slow. And keep in mind, I think Drake London is a better prospect than these players I'm about to talk about. But you had uh, Elijah Moore, slow start. Then he just goes on this tear for like four, five, six games, balls out ends up getting injured, but he was a guy you were sliding into your lineup as like a back-end to mid-tier wide receiver two option. Then you look at a guy like Amon Ra, who was a fourth-round pick, doesn't do much early on in the year, and then is a league winner down the stretch. Like that last stretch of games, that dude's putting up 20-plus PPR points per game, just super strong production. So I want to be throwing darts at these rookie wide receivers, especially the ones with great profiles. He's not going to be in a great offense. He's not going to have a great quarterback, but he's going to be a target funnel. He's a playmaker, and he's just someone I want to have a lot of shares of. He did suffer a knee injury in the preseason, 
but all reports up to now, you know, say he should be ready to go by week one. So he's the first rookie wide receiver. Then we're going to go over to Traylon Burks. And believe it or not, like Traylon Burks and Drake London were going back to back in drafts, you know, probably two months ago. Obviously, Traylon Burks' value has fallen off since then. Right now, he's going as the wide receiver 48, a round 12 pick. And it's pretty clear why his stock is falling. He's had a ton of negative reports. Just trying to run through all the ones off my head. We had the uh, the out of shape issue, potentially asthma. He's not completing practices. We had all that. Then more recently, you know, we started to see some positive stuff. Then we get reports talking about how he's, you know, making these mental mistakes, not lining up in the right spots, not running the right routes. That report turned out to be, don't want to say a hit piece, but, you know, it maybe took a very negative view of it. The dude's a rookie wide receiver. We're not going to act like every single rookie is going to step in and know exactly what to do all the time. I know I've seen other reports about rookies like Sky Moore, even some of the bigger name dudes, right? Drake London, whatever. Maybe they mess up on a rep or two. They fix it. They get praised for it. The Traylon Burks report kind of took a totally different spin on it, whatever. And then, you know, we just haven't seen a ton of positive reports about him being like the clear-cut number two, the clear-cut number one. Mike Vrabel hasn't exactly been like pounding the table talking about how great he's been. But this is what I'm seeing here for Traylon Burks. He may not go into week one as the number two option or like a clear locked-in starter. But when you look at this Titans wide receiver room, you have Robert Woods coming off an ACL injury. You have Nick Westbrook-Akini and you have Kyler Phillips, you know, a super strong rookie who's, you know, been impressing in training camp. But these are not studs in this wide receiver room. So even if Traylon Burks doesn't start off hot, doesn't get a ton of playing time, he just needs a few inches of opportunity to get in there, start balling out. And once he does get in there, I'm confident that he is going to be a stud playmaker. So he's someone you may have to be a little bit patient on, but I'm confident that Traylon Burks will produce. Maybe he's not an elite option this year, but in the foreseeable future. Plus, he's being drafted as a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. So there's very little risk here. And then on to the final rookie wide receiver, Sky Moore. This is a dude I've been talking about all offseason long. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 50, round 10, 11 pick. He's someone who's had some like in-between training camp reports. He's had some impressive plays, some impressive reports. But we've also seen the thing where it's like, all right, right now he's slotting in as the wide receiver four, kind of in that range, so not a locked-in starter. For Sky Moore, he may not be like the number two guy from day one. He may be behind Juju the entire season. But I think it's very possible he beats out MVS, McCole Hardman, guys like Justin Watson on the roster. I think that's totally in the realm of possibility. So maybe he's one of these guys that is a solid like second half breakout. But on the Chiefs offense, if he just locks into one of those starting spots, he's a guy that can do it all. And he's a guy that I think can give you solid, consistent production. So those are my six rookies that I think are must drafts this year for fantasy football. We have Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, Drake London, Traylon Burks, and Sky Moore. If you stayed all the way to the end, thank you guys. I'll start to, you know, fix this setup over the next few days. But thank you all for stopping by, and I'll see you guys in the next one.